Hey, live from Salt Lake City, this is Heart of the Matter, where we do all we can to worship God in spirit and in truth. I have really looked forward to tonight uh, for, since I asked uh, Rick and Carrie to come on the program because they are bringing something to the table that we need to hear about. And you're going to understand why once we get into it. Uh, but let's first uh, begin with a prayer, and I'll hit on a couple announcements, and then we'll go from there. God, we just pray that you'll be with uh, us and help us to communicate with each other uh, and, and uh, understand one another, and that you will be able to um, move us to articulate the contents of our heart uh, effectively, and that we can help people to understand a different view and a different way to understand things, uh, whatever it might be. So we just pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, October 31st, we are going to be launching the new Heart of the Matter. We're also going to be launching a new show. It's going to uh, be interesting, so we hope you'll tune in and prepare for that. Uh, I chose October 31st not knowing, honest to God listening to me. You're not supposed to swear to him, I guess, but I swear to you. I didn't know it was the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther nailing his 95 Thesis to the door at Wittenberg. And uh, so we're going to have an unusual show that yes. night. Halloween night. Halloween, yes, was the trick-or-treat. Uh, and so we're going to do that. Let's get into our topic uh, tonight. Rick and Carrie Walquist, what a journey. And so they have a mic. We've had some sort of theft or maneuvering of our microphones. And so Rick and Carrie are going to be sharing as they share. Mm -hmm. Tell us the journey beginning with the Mormon side. Well, first of all, I think the microphone was sabotage. Sabot, okay, I yeah. believe that. Yeah, Beastie Boys. All right. Oh. <laughs> well, um, I'll let Carrie start all right. about our journey. Ladies first. Ladies first. Wow, okay. So the Reader's Digest version of the Reader's Digest version is that Rick and I were both raised very active LDS and um, from start to part way and we grew up going to young women and young men's. Rick served a mission. Oh dear. Rick served a mission. Um, we got married in the temple. We had um, the great blessing of um, adopting two children. We took them to the temple and had them sealed to us for time and all eternity. We had to. <clears throat> yeah, we had to, and then um, adopted two more and raised them hardcore in the church. Um, Rick's dad was a bishop. My grandpa was a patriarch. I mean, it just, it just kind of goes on and on and on. At, um, Seventh generation. Pioneer, Pioneer stock all the way back. Rick has John Pack. Shoulder to the wheel. Yeah, is up Push at along. the Pioneer State Park monument thing. And um, Rick was in the Bishop Rick, and I was doing my thing. And, <clears throat> and he had a woman ask him a question. They were kind of joking back and forth. She's Jewish and he's LDS. You know, hey, you want to come up and meet the rabbi? I'll take you to synagogue. No, hey, I got these two young men I want you to meet in a book. And they would go back and forth for about a year, and then one time she just said, you know, I would, I'd honestly be interested, but I can't get past the fact that um, anybody could swallow the fact that this man is proposed to have translated writings on gold or brass plates with his face in a hat and a stone in the bottom. And Rick quickly retorted and defended the, ch the church 
That is not what happened because that's not the art that they portray in primary. It's not what I was taught. And so it was, it became a situation where he vehemently defended. I've been, you know, why would they teach, not teach that if that's really what happened? And so um, she didn't back down and he wound up coming home and looking himself. Always do your research. And um, he looked in all the approved sources and lo and Jehoshaphat, there it was. I mean, right in. Well, I read it, was, I read it in uh, Rough Stone Rolling oh. is where I first, you know, and I read that, I devoured that book and I, it was like blowing me away. Like each chapter, I'm like, wait a minute. I've never heard that before. I've never heard that before. I've never heard that before. And so what else were they hiding, basically? Yeah, and the thing for me was it wasn't so much that it, like that he translated the Book of Mormon with that. It was, why wasn't I told that? Yeah. You know, and then from that point, it was like, well, what else wasn't I told? And it comes out, I w there was a lot of stuff I wasn't told or taught differently. So that's kind of what started. And then, of course, you know, I started watching uh, Heart of the Matter uh, for a while. And uh, yeah, and it was. Uh, he was scary at first. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was scared of him at first. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because uh, you turn the TV on and, uh, uh, you know, the dark spirit would fill the house. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it really would because, I mean, I'm out there seeing stuff scaring you. But you it causes, guys. but it caused people to look. And that's the problem right. is that for us, we were fearful to look, not, you know, don't look. The weird thing to me is up until the Internet, people were told if it's, I mean, the, the quote by J. Reuben Clark and in essence says, this is the true church, and if it's not, I deserve to know. Well, yeah. If you can. And so if you, you know, if you can show me, then prove it, and let's, you know. Well, and the thing that's interesting, too, about um, our situation is this is before, like, the church essays um, that the church has come out. You know, they, it was still very, a lot of this stuff was still very hidden. Now the church is trying to be a little bit more transparent because they've been forced to. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, but back then, and I mean, this is what, six years ago? Five. Five years ago? Yeah. Right, probably at the cusp of when, uh, you know, and the spam started when hitting stuff the started. Yeah. you know, for the church. Yeah. One of the biggest things to me was that my relationship with Rick is, um, I just adore him, and I love our kids, and That's the families are for everything. When I would go up and bear my testimony, it was, I was grateful for a way to have that. It wasn't about... I never talked about Joseph Smith. I never talked about the Book of Mormon. I never, it was always about that. So then when Rick starts missing from church, he gets released from being in the Bishop Rick and he starts taking a class so he doesn't, he's not at church. I get pulled aside and the bishops basically said to me, um, basically just said, you know, Rick is, if Rick's gonna leave the church, you're gonna have to be prepared to make the hard choice. And I was like, what are you talking about? hoping he didn't mean that and he just said if Rick leaves the church he is in essence walking away from your eternal family and you need to make the choice is that what you want or do you want to move on and find someone who you can have your kids sealed to and move forward that way and I said you know if God is love he would never separate two people in the next life who've loved and cared for each other and had a family or whatever he would never do that and I knew that Rick has enough integrity that he would never purposely do something like that to separate our family. 
And so that's when I really started looking and I was just like, you know, if God is, if God is love, why is this? Why are you holding my family over my head? And, you know, I've been taught that Jesus is the savior. So it's not me that can save our family by doing this. It's God that can work the miracle. So I started looking and I stayed in church resources, but I wound up just saying, peace out. And then we let our two youngest kids choose if they went or not, and they were getting cornered by people. And don't tell your dad, but you know, if you ever need anything, just come to me. Yeah. And that was just if you, wrong. And our daughter, if you want a real mom, you can come live with us. You know. Amazing. Uh, really quickly, that that point which uh, Carrie just shared about how they'll break up the family. Bottom line, they'll break it up like that. Uh, if somebody has come to know something about the church and disagrees. And that is so, just like Carrie said, so antithetical. Now, I happen to know them, get introduced to them around the time, I'm pretty sure, when it just kind of fully was there. And let me tell you something, these people were in trauma. I mean, we sat, remember going, meeting at that one place on a Saturday? It was just like, and it was just huge trauma. Your kids are getting lulled in by other people, come, we'll, we'll parent you and all that stuff. What happened? What did you do? Well, you're right. I mean, we were really in turmoil. I mean, uh, our, in our own, you know, psychological, emotional, spiritual, we were in turmoil um, trying to figure out what was going on because the rug had been pulled out from under us. Um, our kids were, you know, their rug had been pulled out because they're, you know, they're wondering what's going on with their parents. Um, and, uh, you know, and we kind of, I, you know, we reached out to you and, and met with you. And at that time, I mean, because like Carrie said, all my family, all my extended family, staunch, active LDS, same with Carrie's side. So we live in a very Mormon community, all of our neighbors. We've lived in the same place for 20 years, served in all the, I mean, all of our connections um, were centered around it the is, church. It's, it's your community, but it is, it is ground into you from the time you're little and it becomes it is in your dna it is literally everything you say you wear your who you associate with where you spend your time um the amount of time you're spending you devote your time talents all all that which the lord has blessed you are with which he may bless you to the building up of the kingdom on the earth so she remembers she yeah, that's dude. Yeah. Yeah. and that you know what that was part of that was one of the hard things to me was my dad was the architect um for the temples in the church my growing up years and so the temples were a really big deal and when i finally got to go i was like this but i was trying to be i was trying to find it's like it's like the emperor's new clothes Hello. Yeah. yeah, you're afraid to say anything, you know, because yeah. everybody else like. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. 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 But so then we're pulling away and everybody is, I mean, it was, tr- it was so traumatic. You literally go through withdrawal, emotional, physical, mental, everything. Um, but the incredible difference, it took me a while, you know this, but the incredible difference of feeling the freedom to just be aligned with God, just God, it's just God, and there's, you don't need prophets, you don't need apostles, you don't need, it took away all the filters and just created, then I was hungry for a relationship with just God, 
that's what I wanted. And I wanted all my kids to have it. My two older boys um, somehow, praise God, understood from a very early age that it was not okay. And they were inactive and then have since left the church. And my two younger ones, finally, with the behavior of our family and neighbors and friends, my parents were awesome. And they really tried. Rick wrote a letter. My dad asked him to write down all of his questions and concerns about the church, 20 pages. Ooh. And the response, there's, you can't respond to that without saying the church isn't true. So it went to the stake president instead. Well, and it's interesting, too. We had, we had the stake president come to our house twice with uh, General Authority. Wow. To come visit us, to talk to us, and uh, try and, you know, talk us back. Uh, and that was kind of an interesting experience. He came twice, you know, sure. this general authority, which he and had he hadn't, no, he had, had no, nothing. It, it was quite interesting. But um, I was going to mention too that um, even though we were going through that turmoil, um, the thought of living a lie to me was even uh, worse. You know, I because I'd come to the realization that what I'd been taught and what I'd accepted was not true. And, um, and I couldn't live with myself, because I tried for a while to go back to church and just try and make it work. And when I would sit there, I would, I would, I would get so angry, you know, that uh, I literally couldn't sit there. And so I, um, being able to you know be true to that and and it, it was more important to me than all of the chaos that was going on around and I you know and I hoped and figured um, you know that that would calm down and it and it definitely has awesome. um, you know but, uh, but that was more important time, at the same time I will never forget Rick coming downstairs and looking uncomfortable and awkward and it was kind of as I was trying to figure out my transition and stuff. And he very humbly, and this is where I, that's, this is how I knew that Rick would never do something to compromise our family. Um, but he said, I need you to understand that if this is going to cost me my family, I will go back to church and not say another word. Wow. And I knew he was willing to do that. And I had seen some of his I knew some of the issues and some, it just is, it just was a reassurance to me that he really wanted what was true and good, but was still willing that the family was first and I was first to him. And it just cemented it for me because he really, I mean, it's just, it's such a farce. That's wonderful. I'm going to move us along because uh, we have to get into uh, the yeah. part B. Uh, someone sent me a copy of the article you wrote, The Opiate of the Masses, quoting Marx and talking about religion, and then you, you sort of likened uh, the, the getting off opium is a process, and you have to you know, go to methadone. You didn't use this example. You've got to go to methadone. You've got to wean yourself off. So what did you do leaving Mormonism? Sure. So um, after leaving Mormonism, and it's interesting because I, I do – you know, since then I've I've been blogging because I. It's a kind of a way for me to I, I do a lot of hiking, but I'm always thinking while I'm hiking, and so it's kind of a way for me to um, express myself. And the um, what we had done is uh, after leaving the church, it leaves such a huge void in your life. You have to fill it. You have to put something there, 
And, you know, we didn't, we still, we didn't want to leave God. We didn't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, we knew there was something there. And so, you know, we were still, you know, searching. And Carrie had a good friend growing up that was, uh, was um, attending a non-denominational church, uh, Christian church. And so Carrie got in contact with her, who at first she thought we were, she was getting hold of her to chastise her for not being Mormon. Mm. Um, and when we told her that we were leaving the church, she was ecstatic. And we started going to a local non-denominational Christian church, and which uh, was a really good place for us to land for a while. Um, it helped us to ease through that, um, uh, the withdrawals, um, the opium withdrawals, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, it gave us community. And, it, and it gave us community, um, and some uh, support, uh, from where we were at. There were, there were other people there that had left Mormonism and, and knew too, but, uh, but, it, you know, and Sean is, my, our experience has been too, and coming from Mormonism, and we were there for, two or three years. After a while, that began to feel as um, restrictive or um, as, as religious as the LDS Church did. Yeah, this is fascinating. Yeah, so it's not, um, you know, it's interesting because the dogma is different, but it's definitely there. Yeah. Um, and um, the church, and you know, we, and we looked around at a couple different um, churches and we just found that for our experience, uh, it was very much dogmatic. You know, you had uh, you had to um, accept this way or that way, believe this way or that way, or you know, if you didn't, then there was a problem. You didn't believe the Bible, um, or you know, if you had a different take on it, you know, uh, you, the problem was with you. And uh, same stuff. It, it, same. Exact, exact same stuff. I gotta stop. It, it's the same. It's the same. I gotta emphasize that. He's saying it, and I know you heard him, but I have to emphasize it. It's the same stuff. You come to a church and you say, I don't really believe in a flood. What? I don't believe in a worldwide flood. I don't believe in the ark story the way it's told, or the way we interpret it. I see it in a different way. No, 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 no. And so you're cast out. It's the same thing in religion. Now, I'm sorry, keep going. I'm in, I've no, been no, passionate no, by this. You're good. Well, and the thing that's interesting is, uh, not only that, I, fe- I found, too, that in this particular church, you know, of course, the tithing thing came up. And I understand, you know, churches have financial needs, and I have no problem with providing financial needs where needed. But, you know, we were talking about, you know, uh, old law, new law. Um, but for some reason, this old law can be, is now part of the new law, even though it was the old law. You know, rather than, you know, it was kind of rather than, hey, you know, the church has to pay these bills, so you're going to be part of this church. It'd be great if you could, like, do this or that, you know. And it wasn't like, you know, you're not going to get your temple recommend, but it was, there's a lot of pressure to, you know. And when you start saying that it's a law and that it's 10%, and I was going, wait a minute, this just feels way too much like, you know, where I've been. And uh, not only that, it it just didn't feel right. Um, the way it was done, because it almost felt to me like I was, um, uh, it, it didn't feel honest, the way it was done, you know. And, you know, that may just be, uh, I'm not saying putting that on all churches, but I know that that's not the only place that does that. Right. You know, so, um, you know, it's like you said uh, before, and just the feelings that we were starting to have was it, um, being in 
an organized brick and mortar church was um, do the same thing over and again, restrictive, dogmatic. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of felt like I was back where I was, you know, and um, and uh, so I just, you know, although, you know, as you know, we, you know, we came here and that was definitely um, for us a, a breath of fresh air from the other experiences that we've had. But still, it's it is we are teaching the Bible and 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 we let people believe and say what they want. They cannot believe in anything we talk about. Sure. But still. You know, some people even want more freedom than that, and that's what we're going to get to next. Correct. Yeah. But I have to ask, um, w before we leave this, here in Utah and in the rest of the world, Mormons are, I've been saying it's hemorrhaging, that people are exiting. Yep. John DeLynn is bringing people in with his uh, party on the humanist side. It's just pure humanism as far as I'm concerned. It's godless humanism. And that's fine, John, and people who want to do that, I, I love them, but people who want to seek the Lord, what is it, what's, what's for them? If they want to seek Jesus, the Lord, what is for them in the world of religion based on what you've already experienced? You've been LDS, you've done two or three years in the evangelical Christian world, you're doing something else which we're going to get to next, but from your perspective, what would you tell somebody who's coming out and say, I, I really want to know more about Jesus? What would you say to them? Hey, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Um, I would honestly, and I'm not just blowing steam up your skirt. Although I, she'll do that. Oh. So back to anyway. <laughs> I honestly believe that the difference between Mormonism and Christianity is how you address who God is and where you get your information and the fact that you do verse by verse in order, in context with like the Greek and the Hebrew. That was, that was so different from what I'd gotten. And so I had a whole different view of what the Bible story was, what, you know, what Jesus, who Jesus really was. He wasn't, he's never, it was just entirely different. So coming here and having the opportunity to read it and hear it in context, and we got some of that where we went before mm -hmm. in the Christian community, which is... We didn't get a lot of context, but context was huge. And then coming here and you get the Greek or the Hebrew and why they chose this word and what the historical background really was. Mm -hmm. That is an entirely different thing. And so if you want to choose that, right. you find some place that is minus the dogma and it's just the facts in context, the way that the Bible presents it. Hope you heard that. I mean, these are people who, they've been there, so I hope you heard that. Not because that's what we do only here at campus. There's gotta be other places, I mean, that do that. That just teach, and they let you kind of figure it out. So. I don't, but I don't know of any other, Sean. Yeah, well, they, I, don't, I don't know, I mean. I, I really don't. I don't, I, I, we don't, I don't know of any other place um, where we that we're aware of or had experience with to have that same kind of experience where it where it wasn't kind of a preset notion of what that Christianity looked like in their eyes um, and what kind of was expected of you as a Christian, you know, to believe. To give you the so. interpretation. Now there's something really important here, and and this is really what it should be with a, a place like what campus is about. They don't come here anymore, and that's okay. 
you know, when someone says, look it, I have decided in my life that I don't need to show up at a place on Sunday to uh, worship or learn or whatever, or fellowship, that's okay. We don't need the brick and mortar. That's we, I mean, that's all we keep talking about. They have taken that up from what I can see. What is that about? Tell us, tell us what you're doing and, and how that works. Well, so for me, um, what I've what I've had to do is I, I. So what I explained before a little bit was you know being a heroin addict, you cannot just go off the heroin, and um, you, you know usually it's a step by step process. There's a substitute, usually you know. Uh, Suboxone or something to kind of get you through the withdrawals, and that's kind of how I looked at going to them. Then you have to withdraw off that. That. And then you, yeah, and you withdraw from that. And um, and and by the way, when I say this, I'm not saying I'm right and someone else is wrong. This is just my experience sure. and what in uh, in our experience for what we want and uh -huh. and what and what we think. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong for anybody else. Um, and so as I'm working through this weaning off process of my heroin addiction slash religion addiction, um, I, would, I started um, experiencing myself in nature, you know, and I would go, I started uh, doing a lot of hiking and uh, backpacking and hiking, and I would find that in um, being out on the trail, um, often I would go solo or Carrie would come with me as well on, uh, on times as much as, as she could. And I would find communion um, in those moments and being, uh, you know, in nature. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I literally, almost on a weekly basis, try and put myself in um, a natural setting on a trail, hiking, uh, you know, winter, summer, fall. Um, and I'm out experiencing um, uh, what I s say is communion in nature. And I've had some very um, profound spiritual experiences um, in, in those moments, you know, um, watching the night sky, which I've talked to you before about, you know, out miles and miles from anybody else um, in the desert, watching the Milky Way above me, you know, um, literally you know, brings tears to my eyes. And uh, to me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up at the face of God um, as I'm doing that. As I'm out in nature, um, I'm feeling the presence of God all around me. And, uh, and, and so I, I kind of yearn for that. And, um, and for me, I, I am able to work through in my mind and, and try and, and, and get that com communication and that connection in those kind of a settings more than when I'm sitting in a church or in a pew uh, and even pouring through um, the Bible um, or other scripture, um, which I've done plenty of, sure. and, um, and, and not that I just try to avoid that, but um, that's my experience has been that I just, uh, when I do that, I feel that connection. Before Carrie goes, stop and ask yourselves right now what you're saying in your head. Because there will be some who are saying, oh, no. No, you got you to be coming to the church. Got to be reading the Bible. You got to be hearing it taught. There'll be some who are saying, uh, you know, oh, they've slipped. 
This is a slippery slope. But we just had a man tell us that he echoes Isaiah, if you're a biblicist and you like what scripture says, he's echoing Isaiah. Nature itself speaks. I mean, before we had written words that people could read or, or understand, we had nature speaking God's presence into our hearts and minds. He is just tapped into a, the most wonderful church on earth. I see nothing. Wouldn't it be great if churches said, uh, hey, where have the Joneses been? Oh, they've been hiking. They're doing the hiking. Oh, okay. And people are like relaxed with that. Oh, they're out there. Yeah, they're going to be gone for four years. All right. <laughs> so they'll be gone for four years. And, and then when they come back, if they ever come back, the Joneses, how was that? Oh, God is so wonderful. Why can't we incorporate that in our worship, individual worship, and bring it in and let people go? Why do we have to trap them in when they relate better to God out, when God himself says he speaks to us through nature? Carrie, anything? Oh, Lord. Um, let's see. Hmm. So I don't get to go hiking quite as often, but I completely concur with Rick. And to be very honest, I had a really hard time um, getting over not being in a church because having it ground into your soul for 46 years and then a few minutes after, um, it's a really hard thing to figure out that it's okay um, to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God truly without anything in between. And um, my biggest thing was I had such a struggle leaving when I left the LDS church and feeling super betrayed about the Book of Mormon. You know, how do you make that stuff up? And people say, well, he wasn't smart enough. He only had, he was a con man. And he took things from other people, part of that story from a different book that had already been written. And the names of the places, if you look, were from places that were close by. So it was documentable, you know, that anyway. So those things um, were used to control the LDS people and layer on guilt if certain things weren't done and they weren't done the way they said and your eternal family was held over your head. Um, you had to purchase your eternal salvation by paying tithing in order to have a recommend. All these things were tied to the Book of Mormon and the truth. So then when I left, um, I had to just assume, or I started to assume that the Bible then was true. It had more truth. There's the Dead Sea Scrolls that document it. You can look at the historicity of you know different places or whatever it was really there the tomb is real all this kind of stuff and I really struggled trying to fit that in because the LDS also teach that the Bible is the word of God as far as it is translated correctly can I can I interject real quick no one thing <laughs> I was gonna say with Carrie too is that w leaving the LDS church you know you were taught that um, it's the restored church that this is the answer and, I, and Carrie really struggled with, okay, if this isn't the answer, someone else has the answer. And she was looking for someone to say, okay, that isn't it, but this is really it. And then we do this, you know, you know, we went to this church and like, well, okay, that's not really it, so who else is it, you know? Is that fair? That's fair. And a couple of times Rick said, um, 
what what if the answer is that you just have a relationship with God? Mm -hmm. What if that's the answer? And I was like, no, there's got to be a book. There's got to be a place. There's got to be a group. And so that was a real struggle. And it's taken me longer. And um, in reading, in looking um, at what God really is, and if God is love, which I believe that's what God is, is love, then why do we treat each other the way that we do in his name? Why do we have religions that suppress one group and find superiority over others because of what a book said? And um, to me, and this is just mine, I really have struggled and I did struggle with the fact that um, the Bible was compiled out of scrolls that um, some men sat around and read and decided what was okay to put in the book and what was okay to leave out. And um, one of the biggest changes in my spiritual journey was um, as a Christian, understanding that I had, I agreed with preterist beliefs and um, he's not coming, he already came, you know, that was it. And that was hard for people. We didn't talk about it a ton with other people because that was so foreign in our Mormon and Christian culture, whatever, but um, what a relief. I can live my life and I am, I can, I'm free to love. I don't need to live in fear of that happening because and not being worthy. Because she was in constant fear. Right, I remember that. Yeah, that and that was really huge to me that I was just free to love and um, when Prop 8 came out and with all the, you know, oh, well, this is for your good. This is, you know, th this is done in love from the LDS church about um, people who don't have different sexuality beliefs. The kind of um, treatment that they're given. I have many friends who God created that way and it's not a mistake. It's them and they are free to love. They give love, they live productive lives. It's not them and us, it's we. And God, I believe that's why God put us here, is just to love each other. Just for pity's sake, can you just love each other? And um, in my mind, looking at what boundaries and divisions religion and biblical religion had brought about through the years, including the Mormon church and all these others, it felt so sad to me. It was so sad. There are beautiful things taught in the Bible, but seeing the tremendous spiritual change that has come in our family and in the lives of other people who um, have come to us and talked to us about the same thing. Um, lots of LDS people become atheistic in their views because they don't find the ability to trust that there really is a God. If Joseph Smith, you know, lied and this isn't true and this isn't true and I can't plan on this kingdom later or whatever, then it's all garbage and forget it. And I feel very grateful to believe in my heart. And I was saying back there that to me, faith is a belief that there is a God and that he does have the capacity to help me to learn to love in every situation or find good in every situation um, and 
it's just been a really difficult but amazing and beautiful experience to find that that relationship is really truly just from here to God and that's all it is there is no one in between I, I, uh, I'm gonna, I wanna insert a couple things here because I wanna bring this conversation uh, more specifically to ask Rick and Carrie a, a few things if you don't mind. Um, uh, one thing in terms of love, uh, if you know them, uh, they are fun, loving, uh, their family, their children, two adopted children, their other children, uh, just the way they are, uh, there's an unfiltered acceptance that they have of people. So when it comes to her talking about love, I mean, it's a real thing there. But I realize they're sitting on a stage with someone who, I mean, I love studying and teaching the Bible. But the question is, do we have the ability for some people to not ever really care about reading it again and be as good of a Christian as someone who spends their life pouring through it and teaching it? And I think they can. I think that history proves that the book is just a map for people who want to use it and people who don't, they have the liberty to not. So as, as ardent of a supporter of the Bible that I am, relentlessly about it, I completely accept the fact that there are some people, I mean, there's some people who just, they just can't understand the dang thing. No matter what language it's written in or what version, they just don't get it. And they love and they love God Etc. Etc. So I just want to have you think. You know, what are you thinking in your mind as you hear this? Because you're hearing through what she's saying. We know what's being said, and so are, where are you? What are you saying about that? Because unless we can start to admit that there are people who just don't relate to it, they don't like some of the text of the Old Testament. They don't like the God of the Old Testament. They wonder about some of the authenticity of the New. All that stuff. Are they? Are we able to embrace them as believers? Now, in terms of belief, I have noticed, I have to ask, where's Jesus in this with the wall quiz? I told Carrie on that. I said, Sean's going to ask you that, that Absolutely. question. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is where I'm going to test your subjective Christianity. Um, I consider myself a Christian. Okay. Um, I'm sure 99% of the people won't. The reason I say that is I don't believe sitting here that uh, <laughs> it seems weird to Stephen. I mean, to talk about it. Um, oh, he's he's right on the edge, baby. This is big. That's yeah, it. I love Jesus. Okay. Let me just say that up front. I love Jesus, and I love the teachings of Jesus. Are you talking about the idea or the or the man? Both. Okay. Both. Um, I believe that Jesus came for the Jewish people. Okay. And he came to teach them, and he believed that he would be and was was planning to be and the Messiah for the Jewish people. Sure. Um, and he taught um, to love one another, and um, so I consider myself a follower of Christ. Um, now, I don't think that Jesus had to necessarily die for my sins. Okay. Um, I don't think that Jesus, 
was born of a virgin mother. Um, and, uh, but I love Jesus and what he taught. And so, um, and Christianity is my, my life experience and my tradition. And I honor that tradition of Christianity. Um, and I know that that is heresy to um, almost 99. all, 99% of the Christians. Um, and I would consider myself a Christian. Um, now, I'm not saying that I, I mean, I'm certainly not a perfect person by any means. Um, but I find it a little interesting, too, um, because I have, I, I, I mean, I have a, a great belief in God. But I don't pretend to understand exactly what that means and what that looks like. I mean, before my, you know, my understanding was that God was uh, a man in a white robe um, that was once a man like you and me um, directing, you know, the affairs of the world with his many wives. Uh, and, um, you know, I no longer believe that, that God is, uh, is a man. Um, but I don't pretend to know what he is or what it is. Um, I try to, um, and, and my journey is to connect and maybe to understand that more. Um, and I think that uh, going back to the Bible, I, I love and have read the Bible and studied the Bible a lot. Um, but when you look at the Bible, um, the Bible, uh, the, the Gospels in the Bible, one, the authors of the Gospels are not the authors on the, on the books. It's not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, we don't know who those authors are. Um, and they were written decades after the Jesus died. So, you know, when it, it quotes Jesus, those aren't quotes of Jesus. Those are, you know, somebody saying that Jesus said this. So I don't take that. Uh, when I look at it, I'm not looking at this and going, someone was there with a tablet writing down what Jesus was saying. It's what someone said that, or wanted people to think that Jesus said. And I'm not saying that they're lying. Um, but I can't say, I, I don't take that as, you know, a dictation of what Jesus said. Sure. Um, but what I can take is that what they're saying is, Jesus taught us to love one another, turn the other cheek, you know, uh, and those, those teachings that we're taught of Christ, um, I, I think, are what we and should aspire to and be. So in your mind, those things are preeminent. Uh, but you do admit that you can get those from uh, Gautama Siddhartha, you can get those from anybody. The difference with the Christian community is he died for you, author, finisher of your faith. With his blood, you are redeemed. So that's Correct. that's why Christians would say, right. you're not a Christian. Right. right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, I wholeheartedly yeah. understand that. Okay. Um, and uh, and, and I, like I said, I know 99% yeah. of the people are gonna go, you know, you're not a Christian. So to our point, before we hear from Carrie, what she has to say too, what do you do with this? What do you do with this in your life? If they're your neighbor, if they're, if they're a coworker, if you knew them from church before, when you see them, do you love them? Do you, you say you're welcome in my life? Let's still go out. Let's, or do you say, no, you, you are headed for hell or you're not my sister or brother. We differ greatly on our, thoughts about scripture and Jesus, at least Rick and I do, but I'll tell you right now, 
he's saying the command is to love. I believe the command is to love. Doesn't matter what Rick believes, and it, I hope to him it doesn't matter what I believe. Do we love each other? I do it in Christ's name. He does it in, in Christ's name, so to speak. And, I mean, isn't that what it's all about? Aren't those the two great commandments? So I am not about, if you know me, I am not about ecumenism. I'm not about all roads lead to heaven. I am sold out for the story of Jesus and, and the things that Rick said about the scripture. We could go back and forth. That's not my purpose here. But can we, in the body, accept people's views and let God decide where we're at when we die? And then along the way, can we love? That's the thing I'm trying to understand because I think that's the way it should be. Carrie, Jesus. That was very well said. Thank you. That was perfect. That's exactly what. Did my subjective Christianity pass? It did. Okay. It right. did. That's All right, good. Yeah. A plus plus. A plus plus. So, um, I am still on this journey, and um, this one's actually really hard for me. Um, I I really struggled with. Um, I watched a dear friend of mine um, lost her husband and um, we were LDS at the time and then when we left the church and told her that we're Christian she said some of the most unkind people I've met are Christian and I said I mean I was just like no 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 I said Christian and she just said that um, when her husband passed away, his sister would not come to her brother's funeral because he was LDS, she was born again, and he had not accepted the Lord in her, the way she thought it should be, biblical, whatever. And so her view of what Christianity is was kind of tainted. And that was hurtful to me because now I'm part of this group. And so um, for a long time, I've just, I've just thought, you just didn't have a good experience. You know, I want to be the kind of Christian that you see and that doesn't, isn't defined by boundaries or borders. And that is what I feel like Rick is talking about and where, um, that's where I'm headed. I mean, that's where I am um, almost. Um, it's hard for me to let go of things that have been drilled into my head, but I genuinely believe that religion, that all religions are man-made. I genuinely believe that um, from what I've read and what I've experienced, that religion can be used to help people um, have a way to go that's why you know the way and you know the scriptures can be used to help people maybe point to God in some way or whatever but the kind of devastation and control and unkindness that has been leveled in religion and just I guess it always comes back to Mormonism for me because that's how I was raised but um, my parents have been saintly about this and I know it's just crushed them um, but they have done nothing but extend love and kindness to us and to our family and um, but then to feel the division and the boundaries as we left Mormonism 
and see on the news when something new is announced. Your child can't be baptized till they're 18 because their parents are gay and they have to renounce their parents' beliefs. How is that godly? How is that? You can't join our club until you renounce your parents. And it just doesn't, in looking at Old Testament versus New Testament, who God was, all of a sudden who he is, I just, in my, and I'll probably, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of historical things that were included in the Bible. I feel like there's a lot of legend in the Bible, and I feel like there's a lot of things that were passed from one mouth to the next that wound up on parchment in scrolls in addition to those things. And that is so, I just am, I mean, my heart is that God is love and the best thing I can do is to love other people and if they don't love me back, then I guess it's another chance to learn how to love even more deeply, but. We're going to, on October 31st, come out with a statement that's going to, uh, I'm sorry, that's going to uh, address much of what we're talking about here. But um, uh, I do want to concur with what your friend told you. In my experience, to be quite frank, uh, I have never met more vicious people in my life than some Christians. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, the LDS, they were kittens by comparison. Maybe it's because they want to be seen in the best light and it's the workspace uh, yep. salvation yep. and they're, they're playing the real game. I mean, we know the hypocrisy game that exists there, but I tell you, religion really makes bastards of us all. And I just feel like unless we can agree to disagree on almost every, everything really, it doesn't really matter, and let love exist and let God work it out. I don't think we're going to make any progress in this world relative to Christianity or any any religious belief. Let's uh, let's take uh, uh, Sterling. Let's go to Tom in Missouri on line one. You guys want to take a call? Sure. All right. Uh, Tom, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi. Yes, Sean. Um, I was uh, talking or I was listening to Rick and Carrie about their testimony and going through uh, uh, an addiction problem and everything. And I just wanted to say that I understand I have uh, a similar issue. I have a pain management doctor. Of course, getting on pain medication, it's, it's really a tough battle to find out what what is good for you and what isn't. And uh, so my prayers go out to them. Um, also, I wanted to say that um, as far as what Rick believes, as far as his religion and everything goes, um, I just have to say I will just have to agree to disagree and and hope that God finds him. And uh, until then, I still accept him as a part of the family. Good man, so, I guess that's all I have to say right now because there's just so much thank other you, stuff. Yeah, to thank you, Tom. Um, said, thank you very much, Tom, and we really appreciate your heartfelt sentiment. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. We're going to go to another caller in just a minute, but I, I do want to ask. The Muslims have a saying that is more popular with them than it is with us, and that is 
worship the creator, not creation. I just wonder in you, is there a blur in that? Or when you're out in all that beauty, are you uh, worshiping a creator or are you more inclined to worship the creation? You know, I, um, I, I don't see myself worshiping the creation oh, itself. Yeah. I, um, I was just curious. Yeah, no, um, I'm appreciating the creation. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not worshiping the creation. Okay. Um, I don't see that. I, I'm worshiping the creator. Oh, praise God. You know, yeah. so, um, and appreciating the creation. And yeah. earlier today, we were talking about it, and he actually just said that it actually brings him to a greater state of gratitude wow. for God and what he has created. Wow. And so it brings humility and gratitude to be out there. This is fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff, you guys. Uh, and I, that's why I've been looking forward to this because. I figured it was going to break some stuff open. When you are a pastor or teach at a church, you know when people are coming and you know when people stop. It's just something that you observe. And I, we've talked over the phone and stuff. We've always been friends. Uh, in fact, the guy at the back of the room we're going to be talking to, he stopped too. And so you notice that and you call and you say, what's going on? And you hear their heart. And it's really intriguing because we're not talking about bad people here. We are not talking about, and, and, and I'm not talking about, in the oh, everyone's evil and, and all that. I'm talking about, we are talking about people who do love God. And they do accept Christ into the equation uh, in their way. I, I just want us to think about this. Let's go to Sterling on line two. Sterling, you're on Heart of the Matter with Carrie and Rick and Sean. Who is I am? You are. I'm mad at my name's Mike now. I don't know what he called me. Oh, it says Sterling on our screen. <coughs> That's because Wendy is drinking the communion wine again. again. That's because you guys live south of the border. <laughs> That's right. So what's, right. what's I'm from Canada. All right, what's going on? Hey, I've been I've been wanting to call for quite a while. I uh I actually happened onto your onto your stuff and onto a bunch of stuff when I was when I was out trucking about three years ago so i've been watching a lot of your programs really enjoying enjoying stuff but recently my sister's been kind of chasing me down to 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 read this or read that stuff all about the church and i thought i should give you a call i got a couple of couple of questions but i think first of all i gotta should explain myself i told you your uh operator are you still there yeah Okay, I told you operator that I was raised FLDS. And I was raised FLDS. And that, in respect, I'm talking about being a fake Latter-day Saint and having to put it on when I had to put it on. And I think you did kind of the same thing yeah. in, your four, in your four years of staying. Well, I did that my whole life. And never knew anything of, of what... what uh, what the church has come out with with these 11 essays like i read those and i, and I literally sick to my stomach and couldn't believe what i was reading because that stuff was all cut but it was anti-mormon literature and then they come out and they do that anyway the point of the thing is my whole question is this i i was raised that way i had to do what i had to do to get by to please my family and you know i went on a mission did all that stuff now as far as the promise goes trying to, to find answers and stuff like that. I tried all that stuff and nothing ever worked. However, one time, one thing happened on my mission. I wasn't a really good missionary. I was kind of a, 
did it because I had to, you know, yeah. at the LDS, like I say. And but one time, uh, Sean, I want to ask you this because I don't, I don't have the answer for it. One time we we tracked it in. I was with this super strict companion, and I was like, he was up five thirty, I was up six thirty. He was had his scriptures read. I was laying in bed, one eye open, one eye shut, not reading, but just flipping pages. You know what I mean? That kind Good of thing. However, we, we, we run into this guy, and then we get called back. And when we get called back, we think he's the golden guy, right? We think we're going we're gonna to teach him, and he's going to get baptized. And he started to, to kind of argue and made it, made it argumentative. Well, I'm going to tell you something, man. This really happened. All the times that I stood up in the pulpit and had people crying and you know, it's, it's beyond the spirit and all that stuff. It was all fake. But this one time, I picked up both both the books, the, the, the triple and the, and the Bible, and something took over. It wasn't it, it, it wasn't me that was saying these words. And I thought, I thought, okay, well, this is crazy. So Buddy wasn't interested. But we go outside, and this 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 elder, this this uh, I mean, he could be the next prophet. This guy was so perfect in everything he did. And he just puts his arm around me and he pulls me in and he's like, I've never felt the spirit like that before. And he hated me. And, and I, I, I don't understand. What was that? Well, maybe it was. What a, was that? Maybe what it was God. Maybe it was God. I don't know. But why? Why about the Book of Mormon? Because I don't believe that that book is true. I don't believe. What, it can't be true if it didn't happen. He does a I, lot. He, he can't be boxed in. He does a lot of things. Maybe he was leading you, moving you giving you that experience so that you would uh, understand it later in your life. And now in the time when you're searching, you'll have it again and you'll realize he's there. Who knows? But, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know. Neither do I. It, hey, my brother. It's confusing and it sucks, man. It sucks. No, don't don't let it suck. Let it be a blessing to your life and seek God and, and keep going and stay on the line. And we want to send you some books that will... You can flip through when you're sleeping in in the morning. Hold on. Yeah, I don't sleep, man. I work 18-hour days. So. And I listen to you the whole time. <laughs> Love you, brother. Thanks for calling. Okay, dude. Have a good one. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, before we go, we're going to go over just a little bit, a few minutes. We're going to go to one more caller in Saskatoon, Canada. We have an off-air question. Rick, have you ever asked God to reveal himself to you? Now the vetting comes. Many times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has, uh, and I know we, we've had conversations. This man used to be about 150, 60 pounds heavier. And I wish he was on the stage now because he made me look smaller. But no, now he's fit and he decides to come on. In any case, we used to have lunch and, and he has been a seeker and searcher. And he's met with our friend at the, at the coffee house on Saturday mornings and long debates. He's a seeker, he's a seeker. So yes, many times he has asked God to reveal himself. And maybe God has. Maybe God has, you guys. So let's open it up a little bit. Let's let God handle these things and move forward. Our caller, maybe that was his question. Final thought, Rick. Final thought, Carrie. One minute each. My, my thought is that um, it, it was really eye-opening to me coming here and learning of subjective Christianity. You cannot put someone's religious or spiritual experience in a box. Um, each person's experience is their own, and each person's journey is their own. Yeah. 
And uh, to, when you are trying to define what that box looks like, your religion. Amen. Awesome. Carrie? So for me, it would be that um, I would I would ask people to really seek for truth and look at what your belief systems are. Um, but if it's true, it's true, and it will withstand questioning. That's the bottom line. And um, you wouldn't go into a Toyota dealership and ask, what's the best car to drive? You would do your research. You would go to, you would talk to people that had driven Toyotas. You would talk to people who didn't. You would find out prices. You'd look at Consumer Digest, whatever. But don't be, um, understand that your belief system is just your paradigm. That's the way you look at the world. And other people do not always share your same view. And it does not make them wrong. It doesn't make them less. It doesn't make them worse. And open yourself up to feeling really, truly God's love. It's a daily it's a daily thing that I work on, and it just really has brought me a lot of peace. Hard to embrace, but great advice. And uh, we have been blessed to have you guys on uh, on the show, and I thank you for taking time for your honesty. And uh, pray for me and my walk. Pray for Rick and Carrie and their walk. Pray for their children. Pray for mine. Pray for your own. And let's just try to keep uniting uniting in love and growing and doing these things together and let the community grow and let God be our judge. We'll see you next week on Harley Matter. I'm on a ride going nowhere I am an existential cowboy on the wind and I won't Coming out, I'm going This man's awake, a storm's arising The dawn's awaiting till a hundred monkeys know And I can feel the light-filled monkeys start to